You want your five-star matches? You want your 30-minute classics? Not me. Big meaty men slapping me. Good ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Randall Beatley, and this is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. And, well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do a special episode. I didn't plan to do this. This was not like one of those things that I wanted to do. Typically, I do it this week in... WWE on the weekends, that's still planned, but I wanted to do this. As you could tell from the title of this episode, I watched AEW this week, um, today. Um, I'm recording literally about 50 minutes after AEW went off the air. I had to collect my thoughts and think about and answer the question to myself, do I really want to record this podcast? And I eventually came up with the answer, yes, I do want to record this podcast. Um, I don't tend to watch AEW. I decided today, literally for one reason and one reason only, I wanted to see what the surprise was. I wanted to see what the surprise was, right? Tony Khan was first off, Tony, Tony, Can you do a press conference or a podcast, Tony, without mentioning WWE? He was, I don't even know where the hell he was, what podcast, what the hell he was doing for. Um, And he was talking about, um, you know, we're the real crown jewel of wrestling. Basically taking a shot at the crown jewel pay-per-view. And Tony, I need you to understand that pay-per-view in and of itself, makes WWE more of a profit than you have made in three years. That one pay-per-view, in and of itself, will make WWE more profit this year than AEW has made in the three years that they've been in existence. So, Tony, why don't you shut up a little bit and mind your damn business, because nothing else, like, you could say, you know, oh, we're the crown jewel of the wrestling industry without throwing shots at WWE, which is, Tony lives for that, and so does most of his roster. They live for that moment to throw that shot at either a company that didn't want them, or a company that let, let them go, or a company that, you know, they... they they just don't like. I don't. I don't know what it is. Like, it's that cheap pop that they think that they can get over, and it's annoying at this point. But let's talk about tonight's show. Tony Khan did another podcast, a different separate podcast, where he was talking about you know he had something big planned for Grand Slam, and so I said, okay, I'll watch it. 
I have nothing else to do on a Wednesday night. I'll watch it. Let's see what happens. Right, I'll watch AEW tonight. I want to see what this this big surprise is. I want to see it. I want to see if it's worth, you know, my time. And I'll tell you this. It was not worth two hours of watching. So you have five matches, all of which are title matches tonight. Um, And not that I'm upset with that. But this would have been a very good pay-per-view. I would have been honest with you. If you had this match and then like two two more... Fill, if you had these five matches and like two other storyline matches, that would have been a very good pay-per-view. A good card for a pay-per-view rather than free TV. Um, but that, that part aside, let's talk about... These matches. So if you didn't watch, spoiler alert. Um, so we start the show off with Claudio versus Chris Jericho. You start this show off for the ROH World Championship. Now I can't tell you anything about this match. I'm be honest with you. I don't watch the matches on TV. Like when I watch Raw or when I watch SmackDown or... NXT, a lot of times I record them, and a lot of times I skip through part of the match. The most important part of the match to me is who won, and then what is the story that we are pursuing post-match, right? So I don't necessarily, like, like I already know AEW is not for me, because the match means more than the story for a lot of these matches, right? It's more about the match itself and the quality of the match than the storyline that brought upon the match. And you already know my my um, philosophy on wrestling is that the match, the, the title, all of that, um, they're all just props to push storyline. If you're not pushing storyline... Then, it, like, that ROH World Championship means absolutely jack shit. Really means jack shit because it's not really being defended. Other than tonight, when was the last time it was on Dynamite? Because ROH doesn't have a show yet. And now, so Jericho ends up winning this belt. Now, I have a theory for this. They're getting ready to put on the ROH brand on the network, on some TV network. And they're looking for a contract ne- negotiation, right? And what happened when Jericho, you know, Jericho won the first, it was the first champion of AEW because he was a marketable name. And I think that's what they're doing here. I think that's what they're doing here, giving Jericho the the title. They're giving him the ROH World Championship as a way to sort of promote ROH to TV networks because he has a name to the the more casual mainstream crowd because he has the name um, that will bring in the casuals who watched in the 90s and said, oh, Chris Jericho, he's champion, I'll tune in, right? Claudio Costanelli, I hate to say it, but he doesn't bring in that many fans, right? The the AEW fans, the guys already watching AEW will tune in to see Claudio, but I won't turn in to see Claudio. I have seen nothing special in the last 10 years between Cesaro slash Claudio. Yeah, he's good in the ring, 
but there is no charisma, there's no character, there's just, it's just bleh. So who cares how good you are in the ring if you can't tell me a story? Right? So Jericho is that guy that's going to draw eyes on ROH. Bubba Ray Dudley tweeted after the match, the ROH World Championship has never meant as much as it does right now. While I do agree, I still think it's just a prop. And if we don't get a storyline out of this, then really there's no point in this, right? Um, and that's for all of these matches. But anyway, but let's look at the common theme we have in all of these matches. We'll come back to this point in a minute. You start and end your show with a world championship match that is full of guys who made their name and got their 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 hype in WWE. And we're going to go through this card, and, and you're going to notice a common theme here, okay? But anyway, the second match of the night is Swerve in Our Glory, World Tag Team Championship match versus The Acclaimed. The Acclaimed, we, everyone should have known coming into this that The Acclaimed was going to win. This wasn't, like, hard to figure out at all that The Acclaimed were going to win this match. I just don't understand the gimmick. I don't. It seems like a very childish indie gimmick to me. This isn't something that would get over with the mainstream crowd. I'm sorry. I've said this before and I'll say it again right now. I'm not afraid to say this. I don't understand the gimmick. I think it's very childish. And if any grown man... If there's a grown man out there that says scissor me daddy ass and mean like like on a shirt, on a sign, does the little scissor thing they do when they come out, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just that that's just it crosses a line for me. It, it cross it's dumb, it's stupid. I understand it's a way to, you know, Get over with the fans. That is dumb. And what is it? It's leaning off of Billy Gunn. I don't know. I just... I don't understand it. It's 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 quite... It's quite sus to me. And people are going to come out, Oh, you're, you're homophobic. I don't give a fuck if, if you're gay or if any of the competitors... I don't care about that shit. What I care about is good storyline and, and, and gimmicks that make sense. I don't understand how these guys are over. I don't. There's nothing to them for me. They, what, because they rap? Because Tony Khan allows Max Caster to go a little like to go off script and to and to create his own raps. It's a cool gimmick because he says some controversial it's not fun it's not cool. It's like indie wrestler cool. Right, it's something you would see on the indie scene, and that's why I've always said AEW is a glorified indie show. It's a gimmick that would get over on on the indies. I just don't understand it. And like I said, not everything is going to be for me. I just don't understand the gimmick. Um, but it does look like they're going to get some t- type of turn, either out of Keith Lee or out of Swerve. Keith Lee's a better face, to, in my opinion. So I would rather swerve, do the turn, not that I care. I probably won't watch AEW anymore after this, except for maybe pay-per-views. 
Um, I thought it was a decent match. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I think the booking decision was right. I don't have much more to say. I just don't understand the acclaimed. I don't understand why everyone likes them so much. What's so inter- entertaining about them? Because I, I just, I look at them and I'm like, oh my God. Them? They are your world tag team champions? You have FTR, who can hardly get on TV, and you give your titles to the acclaimed. I don't, I don't get it. The next match, probably the worst match of the night, but I already knew in, coming into it, it was going to be the worst match of the night. Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Pac retains his championship. And this was more, f- really, a filler match. Um, I don't know. I just, we'll just skip past it because I don't really care about it. Um, the, looking at the card, the only real match that I really cared about if I were to, were to continue to be a fan would have been the women's division match with Britt, Athena, Sharina, and Tony Storm. And I don't like that Tony Storm won. I don't know what the hell happened to Britt, whether she bladed or if she actually broke her nose again. Um, but everyone's talking. Man, this is the match that I want to spend a lot of time on. So we'll come back to it in a minute because Moxley retained. Moxley retained. Now, I, I'm irritated with how they ended it. I would have had Moxley retain and had MJF sort of come behind and hit Moxley with the little chip that he has, right? Danielson's knocked out. Moxley gets hit from behind with the chip. He, you know, does his match right then and there. Three seconds later, you have MJF as world champion. That's what I would have done. But... You do that, you let Moxley go home and take his vacation he was supposed to take. Had Numbnuts McGee um, and and all of those motherfuckers didn't get in a fight backstage to get themselves suspended. But they didn't do that. All right, so but Moxley retained. I had no problem with the match. I know people are going to say, oh, this is a very good match. I found it very boring. Uh, I was on TikTok most of the match, to be quite honest with you. It's just not my thing. It's just not my style. More power to you if you enjoyed it. It's just not for me. Uh, Let's talk about, not really the women's match, but the surprise. The whole reason I tuned in, right? Soraya's back. Formerly known as Paige in WWE. So Paige is in All Elite. We understood this was going to happen. At least I did. At some point, I knew Paige was going to show up. In AEW. Whether she's cleared the wrestle, who knows? She got a pop from hell. But that's what happens when you have, you know, wrestling marks in the building. Everyone's going to get a pop on debuts like this. But let's think critically about this situation. You're adding her into a, a women's division who's already sort of not being booked correctly. You're all, right. We have Brit. You have a, this is a deep, deep, deep women's roster. Right. We're gonna take a look here. WWE women's roster. Excuse me, not WWE. AEW's women's roster. Um, which is funny that Thunder Rosa is still considered 
world champion because they, you know they don't know how to vacate championships. It seems so you just add interim women's champion, and and now it makes it all good, right? So let's go to the women's roster. Let's look at, at how many women are on the roster, right? You have, and let's 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 calculate how many people we don't know that we haven't seen on TV, or right? Abaddon, where the fuck has she been? Anna J, she's a valet now. AQA, Athena, Brit, the Bunny, Emi uh, Sakura, Akira. Hikaru Shida, Jade, Jamie Hayter, Statlander, she's hurt, but uh, so I understand that. Oh my God, they, they they really have two Chris Statlanders on that's dumb as shit. Anyway, Leva Bates, Layla Hurt, I know it's been hurt. Madison Rain, Mercedes Martinez, Nyla Rose, Paige Van Zant, Penelope Ford, Rebel, Red Velvet. Riho, Ruby Soho, Serena, Tay, Thunder Rosa, Tony, Yuka, Sakazaki. So you have one, you have four, eight, twelve, sixteen, nineteen, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, like twenty-six women on the roster. And you do like four at a time on the main roster, and it's the same four or five on the main Dynamite show. And now you add her, Soraya. Think critically, right? She's going to come in. She's going to have a little run. We may get Jamie Hayter versus Soraya. We're going to get a little bit of a run for her. And in three months, she's going to be on Dark, or she's going to be on Rampage. And she's going to be mid-card. Because let's just be honest. At least this is how I feel. Even in her WWE run, I always thought she was just mid. I saw nothing like entertaining. Now, I cheered for her. I liked some of what she did. But I never really saw her as, you know, top-tier top level competition. Right? Especially in a division with the where I was... Fans of the Bellas over her. Fans of AJ Lee over her. This was right around the time of, you know, Sasha and Becky and Bailey and Charlotte and Alexa and Carmella. They all started coming up, and I thought that they were, for the most part, better than Paige. Um, right? And so I just felt like Paige was very mid. And her sort of... I felt the reason she was more over was because she fit this indie market. And so I'm glad she's I'm glad she's in AEW because she fits there. She, maybe she'll get a push here. But I, but but I nothing's going to change. Nothing changes. Like like her coming in would be big if Tony Khan knew how to book the women's division. But she, but he doesn't. He doesn't know how to, like, he doesn't use the women correctly. He, he, he puts on, you know, Fatal 4 ways for the championship. And, yeah, cool, it's interesting that she's back. But, let's just think critically. This is another talent that Tony Khan spent big money on. 
to put on dark in three months. I just don't see the appeal. I understand people marking out. Mark out. It's, it's, I my draw even my jaw even dropped when when her name popped up on the jumbotron because it it was a shocker. It wasn't what I was expecting to happen, right? And so it's cool. Yeah, live in this moment, but let's think three months down the line. Where's Ruby Soho now? And everyone thought she was going to be a game changer. Right? Athena comes in. Oh, this is a game ch- This is my problem. AEW fans see these debuts, and they, they label everything a game changer, and then nothing comes out of it. But let's also talk about why Paige even, like, why people even care about Paige? If it, not, if it was not for her run on WWE, no one would give a fuck about her. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. So let's go through this card. And I know this is a tired argument, but it is a legitimate argument. Let's go through this card. Moxley, Danielson, Claudio, Jericho, Athena, Swerve and Keith Lee and Pac. And we'll add Soraya. So nine of the um so there were two, four, six, eight, ten. Twelve, fourteen. You had Soraya. That's fifteen. MJF would be sixteen. You had the Gun Club. That'd be seventeen. You had FTR. Nineteen. Let's add Billy Gunn. So let's say of the twenty people who were involved in some sort of either storyline or match on TV tonight, there were twenty different competitors. On right. Of that, you have Pac, Moxley, Danielson, Claudio, Jericho. Athena, I'm not going to count Tony Storm because I don't think her WWE run got her over. She was already over with her Japanese run. So we won't count her. Billy Gunn, Swerve, Keith Lee, and FTR. So that's 12. 12 of the 20 people on the card, on the show that were put, either did a promo or a match. 12 of the 20 people made their name in WWE. Now, let me, let me explain this. Because a lot of people are like, well, no, Claudio wrestled before he got... Yeah, but no one gave a fuck about Claudio. No one cared about Brian Danielson in ROH. No one cared about... How many of you knew Athena before WWE? The only thing I know about her pre-WWE is that she wrestled in Booker T's promotion in Houston. I think it's called Reality of Wrestling. And then she jumped straight to because of the word of Booker T. But if it was not for WWE, Athena would not... No one would care about her. No one would know who she was. Same thing with... With Keith Lee, Keith Lee's the perfect example for me. Because even on the night he sort of... In, in NXT, they used to do like... 
you know, they would do the takeover events, and every time they signed a, a brand new, like, indie star, they would either show up or be shown in the crowd, right? And that happened with Keith Lee, and I was sitting there watching. I don't remember which takeover it was, but I was sitting there watching it, and I was just thinking, who the fuck is this guy? Right? At least Adam Cole I knew. Right? Red Dragon, I kind of, like, O'Reilly and Fish, I kind of knew. Right? I didn't know who the fuck Keith Lee was. That's why it took me so long to get behind him. But eventually I got behind him. And he made his name to a world, to a mainstream audience in WWE. Pac, had it not been for his run as Adrian Neville, I would not give two fucks about him. Even still, I don't give two fucks about him. Right? But... Claudio is a big example. He spent 10 years in WWE, has no charisma. He could be the best in the ring, but he has the personality of a fucking tree. Right? But I think the most prime example of what I'm talking about is your main event. John Moxley was, you know, he'd wrestled for years. On the indie scene, CZW, all these hardcore events. And people knew about him. If you knew about that niche market, but then he comes in as Dean Ambrose and he, he, the casual fan liked him. The, the, the mainstream wrestling fan liked the shield and he, right. So then he leaves and shows up on AEW and, and he's a big draw because of his run in WWE, Brian Danielson, I think even more, no one cared about the American dragon unless you were an ROH fan. How do I know Brian Danielson? WrestleMania 30. Had it not been for WrestleMania 30 and the run leading up to it and following it, no one would give a fuck about Brian Danielson. Except for the niche market that watched ROH back in the early 2000s. But for your casual mainstream fan, and I understand, Tony's job, Tony has made it very clear. He doesn't book for the casual fan. But for a fan that turns on wrestling and they see Chris Jericho, they're going to watch because it's Chris Jericho. They're going to see John Moxley and think, oh, hey, that's Dean Ambrose. I liked him. Oh, that's Daniel Bryan. I liked him. Oh, hey, look, Ember Moon. I liked her. Oh, hey, look, Keith Lee and Swerve. I remember them. I liked them. Hell, hey, that's Adrian Neville. Right? But if it wasn't for the FTR, does anyone know what FTR was doing pre-WWE? Other than, run, like, they, they ran the indie scenes. But I didn't know who they were. And I live in North Carolina. Where they ran the indie scene. I never heard of them before WWE. My point is, is 12, 12, 12 of your people on TV, in Ringer promo, came from and made their name in a different organization. And Tony Khan continues to shit on that organization while signing all of the talent and living off of the work that organization did. I will say this with 90% confidence. Had it not been for WWE getting these stars over, AEW would already be in the trash. But they're, they're living off the glory of the old guys with the big names. 
They're living off the glory of the Moxleys and the Jerichos and the Danielsons and 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 right now they're gonna you know hey let's bring in Soraya let's get this huge pop let's book her good for two months and then she's gonna go on dark and no one's gonna care about her and then she's gonna show up in some battle royal and people are gonna pop again right where's Ruby Soho where's Ruby Soho Everyone was like, oh, this is the game changers. Ruby's going to be put, booked so much better here. Liv Morgan, who was the worst of the Riot Squad, and when the Riot Squad was created, right, I would rank it as Sarah Logan, Ruby, Riot, and then Liv Morgan. But Liv Morgan is the only one of the three that have been a world champion since they broke up. So, yes, it's cool that Paige is back. It's cool that she's back who knows if she's cleared the wrestle? I doubt Tony Khan gives a fuck. She, he's going to put her in a few matches and tell her to be safe. But it's cool that she's back. But until you get somebody with some common sense and some knowledge on how to fucking book the match, who gives a fuck? When you're living off of these old, old WWE guys. And I know you could say, oh, well, WWE did the same thing with ROH talent. Yeah, but at the same time, they were booking homemade talent. In the last three years, only person I would really say with a mainstream knowledge is MJF that, that they, they booked. The acclaimed, maybe. Jade, maybe. But MJF is really the only talent that's homegrown in the last three years that I would call homegrown. Maybe Jade. If you look at that, if you look at what WWE has done, practically all of NXT right now is homegrown, and Braun Breaker to me is the future of the business. Um, you you, you look at super superstars. Let's just use the women's division: Rhea, Bailey, Bianca, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, Alexa. It's deep of what I would call homegrown talent. Oh, but Sasha and Becky and Bailey were wrestling on the indies. Did anyone know who the fuck they were? Do you know who Mercedes Renato was before she signed with with uh, WWE? I, I guarantee you, you do not. I guarantee you, unless you lived where she wrestled, um, unless you, unless you, you know, knew of her in 2010 when she was with Chaotic, or, you know, the two years she ran the indie circuit, and from 2010 to 2012, unless you knew her then, which I highly guarantee you did not, then she's homegrown. Because she got to NXT in 2012. She ran two years on the independent circuit. And I guarantee you no one knew who she was. I guarantee you. Had she joined, like, had, if, if, 
if she just made her name on the indie circuit, if she went from 2010 to 2019 and signed with AEW in 2019, no one would give a fuck about who Mercedes KV is. But she made her name in WWE. That's just Sasha Banks, is it? Because people try to use this argument, oh, they wrestled before. Okay, well, Sasha Banks ran the Indies for two years. And I guarantee you, unless you lived in the Northeast where she ran the Indies, you, you didn't know who she was. Well, let's do Bailey. Let's do Bailey. She ran the Indies for four years. In California, there may have been some people who kind of knew who she was. She, uh... I'm trying to read, um... So she went under the name Davino Rose. She wrestled for Shine, which is a decent women's promotion. Um, excuse me, but she made her name in WWE. Like, it's not hard to announce that, you know, no one would have known who she was unless you were in Northern California where she wrestled. And who was the last one? They said Rhea, Rhea Ripley ran the, the Indies. Okay. She ran the Indies from 2013 through 2017. Um, she did end up becoming her promotions. Right, she was probably she was definitely super over in Melbourne, in the in the Australian scene. I I can agree with that, but on a global scale, on a on a mainstream scale here in this market. I didn't know who she was until the May Young Classic. I didn't know who she was. Can I be honest? Did you know who Demi Bennett, that, that was her name on the indie scene? Did you know who that was? No, I guarantee you, you did not. I guarantee you, you did not. So yeah, a lot of these wrestlers probably did run the indie scene before their WWE. But we would not know Sasha Banks, Becky, all of them, without WWE. Sasha Banks today, Mercedes Renato can thank her Disney appearance, can thank her being a, a, a public name to WWE. And if she were to leave and, and show up at AEW, she's only hyped because of her WWE run. So let's praise it for the minute while it happens. But let's just think forward, like think critically here every time there's a new debut here. Where are they going to be? Are they going to be mid-card in three months? If it's a more than likely or a yes, I'm not going to be excited about it. And that's where I see Soraya at. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Let me know your opinions. 
Um, those were my thoughts on AEW. Like I said, probably won't watch another Dynamite again. I'm probably going to sit here and watch, and read the spoilers to Rampage. Because I don't plan on watching Rampage for two hours. I really don't. I don't plan on that. So, uh, yeah. I would hate to be in that live crowd. I really would hate to be in that live crowd tonight as they were filming Rampage. Excuse me. Because you already sat through an hour of dark tapings before Dynamite. You sat through all of Dynamite. So that's three hours at that point. And then two hours of Rampage matches. Holy hell. I would have left after Dynamite. I'm be honest with you. <laughs> um, that's just me, though. Um, I, like I said, I don't hate the promotion. I thought for the most part the show ran well. I'll tell you what. I enjoyed having commentary without JR. Um, I th- thought it felt a little bit smoother without JR chiming his his dumbass in. Because today's JR is not the same JR when I was growing up. And I just, the more he goes out there, the less I like him. So I think JR should stay in the back. Maybe help book or, you know, train people. Um, but definitely not on commentary. Anyway, let me know what you guys think about it. Um, and those are my thoughts. Thank you for listening to the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I'll see you on the next episode.